Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. <laughs> oh. That's funny, huh? Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. That's right. We also work our nine-to-five jobs together, we teach together, and we own the Lovett Company. We do so much together, and we wanted to share some of our tips and tricks for living out our 24-7 relationship. That's right. A relationship that is all day, every day. Plus, we wanted to share with you how we managed to run our business alongside full-time jobs and still find time for kids, chores, and fun. So in this podcast, the Success in Black and White podcast, we will talk about navigating the gray in life. So get ready, get ready, get ready. We're going to be bringing to you Real Talk concepts every week as we share some of our stories, best practices, as well as talk to guests about how they found success by doing extraordinary things in their everyday lives. We are so excited to be joined today by comedian E.L. Smith. He has performed all over the country. You can currently hear him on XM Satellite Radio or see his comedy special on Amazon Prime. Please stay tuned as we jump in with comedian E.L. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Success in Black and White. The podcast. We are back one more again. We are back. One more again. We are. We're not alone. Oh, yeah. We got another <laughs> guest with us. We love We love the guest Yeah, night. we love the guest. Yeah. I'm excited about this one. I know. Um, I am too. Y'all, we got it. We got it. We got a funny person. We got a comedian on here. A comedian. <laughs> but also, but also as a person. And, and we want to talk to him about just his experiences um, in his world and kind of everything that's going on in the world and how he balances everything. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. So once again, you know, we go way back. We go way back. I, I don't want to say how many years because we <laughs> no, don't, no, no, don't say that. I'm, don't still say that. To, I'm still auditioning for things. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Oh, don't say. I won't say how many years. But we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Little, we go back a little bit. How about I say like a little bit, a little bit. I, you know, I'm still going for like thirty, dude. Like I can, I can pull it off. So it's good. You still doing the thirty, huh? I can. You know what? When I tell people how old I am for it, they don't believe it, so I just roll with it. <laughs> they don't. I'd be like, you're 41. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Man, how's life out there in Cali, man? Um, Cali's good. Um, everything's pretty much shut down out there, though. The um, movie theaters and like everybody has on a mask. You know, California's like all about that mm. LV type vibe going on. Like I even saw like a mask on a doll. But I ain't listening to you. I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah, I told you. <laughs> but now they, they take it seriously out there. So stuff closed down. And but uh, it's it is what it is. You know, homeschooling kids and stuff like that. It's it's all this is an experience. I tell yeah. you. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's first first of all let's introduce the people to you and we're gonna okay. let you do that in your own way your own voice yeah so tell us about you man tell us who you are you okay know, who is el that's what we want to know <laughs> uh, introduction well um el smith you know world famous comedian no, just, just <laughs> <laughs> you, you see my twitter um comedian trying to kind of climb that comedy ladder climbing that comedy ladder uh been on amazon i got like uh couple of jokes that play on XM Satellite Radio. Did like a commercial, took a couple of commercials and um yeah, yeah. Commercial. Yeah, he being yep. all humble. You know hey, <laughs> I saw one of his commercials, right? And it and it took it took me right like right back to oh, really? the one when he was changing the the diaper. Oh yeah 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 man, <laughs> the one he was doing the little the little diaper change. He thought like, oh oh <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I ain't got this. I ain't got this. Oh. <laughs> now nah, that was a good day, man. Good day. Built that commercial. Great people. Great cast. It was treating me like really nice because I guess I was like the main person. It was out there for like almost eight hours. So all that you see is only we're out there for like eight hours. 
So what, just for that little, I mean, it was so not like long, a but it was like a thirty, it was like thirty minute minutes clip. or something. I know, like, I know. They kept making us do it over again, what? do it differently, hold it this way, hold it that way. The baby's crying, so we got to stop oh. and all this type of stuff. And <laughs> it was, it was a good. And we did it like on, on some off random road, so they had all the equipment out there and like all the lights. It was funny. This guy was riding by on his bike, and he just started filming. Why we were like, he's like three feet away. He just started, took out his camera, just started filming. And they were like, Sir, sir, you can't do it. He's like, It's a free country. I can do whatever I want. And he just stood there and just filmed us while we were trying to like work. And then people were like, This guy. Oh my goodness. I love it. I think it's funny. Wait, so tell it, give us the background. First of all, oh. you two know each other. Yeah. Yes. So I think we need to figure out how, how Daryl know knows a famous person. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> then I want to know, like, what is your, how, what is your journey? Why did you pick okay. comedy and how did you get involved? And like, now you're on Amazon and XM satellite radio, like you're all over, you've got commercials. <laughs> like, I want to know. How did it? <laughs> how did you, yeah. How did this happen? Uh, well, first of all, me and Daryl, we did some, we did some time together. So. <laughs> <laughs> what you three years, five years? That was you. That blow up your spot. <laughs> oh my gosh! For real, this is what we about to do. Nah, this nah, is what we about to do. Nah, um, we both to, uh, FSU, um, and we both did the same major. We were like, you know, we we're a little speck in our our, our, our class, and we kind of hung it together. We was the like you said, the little diversity. <laughs> the diversity <laughs> session. <laughs> and, and, uh, but everybody in the class was cool, though. Everybody was cool. Even the teachers were pretty cool. Uh, from West Palm Beach. How did I get into comedy? Um, started with a girl. Everything <laughs> always starts with a girl, right? This is... <laughs> so, Come on, <laughs> <laughs> It started with a girl. So it was this girl I liked, right? And uh, this is when uh, I just got out of um, high school. And um, I'm at community college, and uh, I remember her from high school. She was like a year, a grade up, but she was like really, really pretty in, in my eyes. She was really pretty. So I was like, all right, what can I, what can I do with this girl that's going to be like different and exciting? You know, like I don't want to say I'm going to go out to dinner or anything like that. I said, you know what? I know. I'm going to ask her to a comedy show. So <laughs> I bought like two tickets to see D.L. Hughley, West Palm Beach Improv. I've already bought the tickets. I went up to her. I was like, you, you want to go to a comedy show? She was like, no. <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she was like, I'm good. <laughs> and I already like bought these tickets. <laughs> so I was like, damn. Um, so I took this girl, the older friend of mine. We both went first time at the comedy club, so I didn't know any better. And like we set it up at the front row of a D.L. Hughley um, show and I had braces and there, this dude just tore into me. It was, he was, he was, he was, ter he was talking about everybody in the front row, but he was just going like in. And I was like, this is so funny and so cool. <laughs> and so when it was over, he's not, I was like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to do stand up comedy. So I wish I would have gotten to it earlier and stuff like that, but I was like, I'm going to try to do that. So got to Tallahassee and, um, Start trying to do it there, which it was a small college town, so it's not really anything really happening there. But I met—I don't know if you guys—do you guys watch the Daily Show with Trevor Noah? Mm -hmm. You know Roy Wood. You know Roy Wood Jr. Mm. He's like the one of the um, newscasters on the um, Daily Show. Okay, he's the kind of older, kind of your complexion, Daryl. But okay. anyway, he went to FSU. Wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. I mean, he went to FSU. He went to FAMU. Yeah, he went. Hold up. Hold up. What you meant, like my complexion? <laughs> Like, look at I mean, he's a little bit lighter than me. He's like your complexion. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to jog your memory of what he looks like. Oh. Like if you if you if you've seen him on t he's been on he's like all on TV and everywhere though. Okay, I just and probably I, not by name. If I saw his face, I probably would be like, oh yeah yeah yeah, Roy Wood Jr. Okay, um, he has like two Comedy Central specials and yes yeah. yes yes yes. I'm with and you. He, it took a second, and he's on the Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Yeah, he went to FAMU. So um, it was a student contest at FSU, and uh, I entered the student contest. And uh, he was one of the people there, and I saw him, like, from a comedy show before. And I went up to him. Now, hey, man, you're a comedian. I'm like, I want to be a comedian, too. And he kind of, like, showed me some things, and then he kind of got me, like, some of my first things in Tallahassee. Tallahassee used to have a comedy club on, uh, on Monroe Street at the Ramada Inn. It used to be called mm -hmm. the Comedy Zone. Mm -hmm. And so they stopped, they stopped bringing in 
um, MCs. So people to host the show like every week. So me and this other guy, they asked us if we wanted to host it. And by that time, Rollwood Jr. graduated and he left. So me and this other guy hosted there for like a year and a half every other weekend. So I would do one weekend, you would do the next weekend. And I did that like for a year and a half and like slowly like just gotten better and talking to people. Because those are people who come. To, it's not like an open mic when people just sign a list and just show up. It's like these are paying people. So you got to like watch what you say and then. A lot of times they wanted you to be like the clean person because you're hosting the show. So you couldn't really talk about things and you couldn't really get into like politics and all that stuff. So I kind of came up like just being like almost clean, not like church clean, but like I'm not going to say anything crazy on stage. And that's just my style. And like that actually like opened up a lot of doors for me and stuff like that. So did it in Tallahassee, moved to Tampa, did it there. And um, I was doing it on the weekends, like when you saw me and stuff in like in Melbourne, but I was just like, it was just pocket money. It was like maybe $300 a weekend. And like, I saw guys who were like at that time, like 40 years older than me doing the same as that thing I was doing. Like, and I'm like, I, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I can't keep doing this in the bars and no, 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 I'm good. So I kind of quit, <laughs> kind of quit. Um, moved up to North Carolina with my wife. Um, Cause she had like a business opportunity did that for like four years and I still had that comedy itch and like it was nothing really going on in North Carolina and stuff like that. So uh, one day she sold her business. So when she sold her business, she kind of met me at a comedy club and stuff like that. So when she sold her business, she was like, why are we still in North Carolina? Cause we didn't really know anybody. So we literally like packed up the car, like put the kids in the car, sold the rest of the stuff and like just drove out to California and got a spot. And I just started just hitting the pavement, man with it so here i am <laughs> four years uh, later so. i remember when that when that whole little thing happened i, I remember when you went out there and stuff because we had probably talked a little bit and i was like yo what's up man what's going on and <laughs> you told me that you was going out there and like you was like i'm about to do this and i was like all right that's what's up i, I remember we had that conversation yeah and i will tell you the time that i've been here in l.a is I've gotten more opportunities and more things that happen for me than all the times I was doing it anywhere else. So here in New York is definitely the place. I got a question for you. You went and saw DL mm -hmm. like in person and that's what kind of sparked everything. Like who are your role models? Like who are your role models? Who do you like? Who I don't, don't want to say, yeah, I don't want to say like you take your style after or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like who are your role models in the game? So I like uh, Patrice O'Neill. You know, rest in peace, Patrice. Um, and I like him because he was just raw, funny, and just, like, spontaneous. And he's, like, my number one. Him, uh, Bill Burr. I like Bill Burr. I like Daniel Tosh because he's, like, very sarcastic, funny with it. Of course, I like Dave Chappelle because Dave Chappelle is just Dave Chappelle. And then um, I'm going to end it with um, – I like a lot of people, but also I'm going to end it with Robin Harris. It's kind of old school um, from House Party. You know, Rob, the dad from House Party. Yeah, you, you got to see his stand-up. His stand-up just reminds me of, like, an old black man. And I, I think that's, that, that style is just so funny. Because like, I know I know people like that. It's, like, funny to me. And I, he reminds me of my dad. So he, he's a funny dude. He's a funny dude. So those are, my, those are my top five people in comedy. I try to mimic my – I just try to be myself, though. I don't try to be like anybody else or anybody else's style. Because a lot of times a crowd can know when you're like not being like authentic and like being yourself and they kind of know when you're kind of like putting on a show. So it's kind of like you just have to just be who you are and just portray who you are. And just if you fumble over words, it's OK, because you're just like having a conversation. That's how I treat the comedy. Like I'm having a conversation with somebody I knew for 20 years. So I'm talking to my friend like I don't even know notice these other people. So. If you notice all that, then you'll be nervous because you don't know these people and they're strangers and all these things. But if you're talking to somebody you do for 20 years, it's nothing to be nervous, scared, or intimidated about. So that's how I look at it. Hey, yeah. tell us, tell us how like mama them and, and your people's them, like when they find out you like want to do this, what was the response? Because if I go to the crib and tell my mom them, like, hey, I'm about to go be a comedian, y'all, they gonna like be like, come in real quick, get real close. <laughs> Mac. <laughs> He's been saying to me for the past week, hey, I think I can do this. I don't think be, I can do comedy. And I'm like, 
Don't he can right. do it. If you think he can, I mean, you, you know, my mom wouldn't say, because my mom, she's, she doesn't care. As long as I'm not doing anything bad, she's cool. <laughs> she's good. But, you know, people will always say, like, oh, my cousins and stuff, you're not funny. You're not, you know, that title, like, that discouragement, like, oh, you're not funny. I'm funny. They're like, really? Sit down. Um, but people won't believe it because, you know, uh, I'm kind of quiet sometimes I'm to myself and I'm not really, like, where it's just, like, a job I had before, I would invite people to a comedy show um, and they would say, wait a minute, you're a comedian? You, you, why are you so quiet? Why are you so quiet? I'm like, this is work. Like, I'm not going to kick in the door and be like, oh, who wants, like, I'm at work. Like, I'm not 24-7, man. Like, yeah, I'm a comedian. But, you know, at the end of the day, you get one life, dude. You get one life, so you just got to just do, just do it, you know? Just do it. You got about 80 years, give or take a couple. <laughs> just get out to just, you know, just got to have fun, man. You got to live in the moment and just do things. And um, I recently listened to um Kevin Hart's book. He has a um, that book, I Can't Make This Shit Up. Um, I listened to it on Audible, and he's like, he's the one narrating it. So it's like really good. And it's Kevin Hart being carried on. So he's like, nah, 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 sorry. I'm not, and he's doing all that type of stuff. So. And it's a really inspirational book about how he did, he got started in comedy. And he's not telling you how he got started. He's just basically telling you from the day he was born to where he is now. He's just telling his story and you can see slowly. But it came sometimes in his his life where he had to make those tough decisions. Like, do I want to do this because this, you know, fulfills me and stuff like that. And having a conversation with his mom and his mom being like, you got a year to do something with it. If not, you know, you shouldn't be doing it. But you know, who doesn't want to get paid lots of money to have fun and make people laugh? That's that's how I look at it. So, you know, and it's my life. I'm going to do it, do what I want anyway. So I don't care what people think. <laughs> we love, we have Kevin Hart's back. I'm trying to get on okay. his tip though. Yeah. I'm trying to get the audible. She actually bought the I book. did buy the book. Oh, no. Because no, no, no. I read, I'm a reader. I'm like a page turner reader. That's He's a good like, thing. I can't though. read a book. <laughs> no, it's 2020. I'm not, no. I pop it in 13 hours, kill it kill it like in a month or something so uh, he actually got another book that i'm listening to right now on audible called um what is it something i don't know it's like it's only like a five-hour book so i'm almost finished with that but then i just listened to this book then it took me down a road so i just bought like a couple of other comedians books and just listened to their stories about what they did and what they had to do and it all boils down to just taking taking a risk and like being uncomfortable with not being comfortable so, you know, I, you know, I'm already halfway in with not like being uncomfortable. So I just might as well just keep going. Cause I already did things that made me say, ah, why did I do that? <laughs> why did I do that? But what kind of things like, you know, just different like things like when I was in North Carolina, in North Carolina, um, living good, doing good. I literally, you know, said, you know, out of yields to like, part of my income just to move and to pursue something that didn't have any income. So it just, that's a big risk. So it's did especially with kids, it's, but it's like, I just know, I mean, I know I can do it. So <laughs> like, I really know I can do it. And just being out there and seeing the people, it's, it's definitely, it was definitely worth it. So, so. How often people ask you, did you have a question? Yeah, but you go. Okay, don't forget where you're going. How often people ask you to tell them a joke? I just I just want to know that. Uh, they used to do that a lot. But now that I hang out with mostly comedians, nobody does that. <laughs> but like, you know what they do? This, you know what they do that's 10 times worse? They try to slip their jokes into normal conversation <laughs> with you. And you be like, ah, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. And they're like, so I took over to my house, right? I'm like, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, no, nobody does Older people in my family do that stuff. I just walk away, though. Like, not telling you no. But this is not a circus act. Get out of here. Like, I hate when people do that. But I don't even acknowledge that stuff, man. I don't. I don't. Let me cross that cross that off on our list. Do not ask him to tell us a joke. (laughs) No. Go ahead. Well, I want to know. I mean, this was on our list of questions, but I'm really curious because you've gotten to do some really cool things Mm -hmm. and just like the life experiences you've had. I want to know what is the most memorable moment that you've had, like be it on stage or like in your comedic lifetime, most memorable mm. moment. 
most memorable one. I had two. But I try to like, so when things happen to me, I, try, I internalize it and I take it for what it is. But then I, I look for like, it's almost like I look for something better and bigger. So now it's just like, yeah, I did that. But they are memorable. So like when I first went out to LA, I was on a show and um, I was getting ready to go on stage. And right before I get ready to go on stage, um, Arsenio Hall came and like they just threw him on stage. And like he went up and he was Arsenio Hall and they liked him. And of course, at first they cheered because it was Arsenio Hall. And so he did like 15 minutes or so. And then he did that. He got in his car and he, he left. And then right after, and after that, they're like, oh, well, the heck was E.O. Smith. And I have to follow <laughs> that. <laughs> it's like some random black guy. I'm like, all right. Um, but it went really good. And I did 20 minutes and I like, I killed it. And then, um, that was pretty cool seeing him. I really, I would have got a picture with him because my mom loves him. She used to watch that show all the time. And then the other memorable moment in comedy is, um, it's a show in LA called Chocolate Sundays. <laughs> it's an urban show. You guys, you can hey, tell all right. <laughs> with the name Chocolate Sundays. All right. But it's a, it's a really, it's, it's a mixed crowd of people though. But this is, this show, first of all, the, the tickets don't cost any money. You just have to reserve the tickets. And it's a two drink minimum, so it's always packed. And it's at the Laugh Factory, mm-hmm. and this um, the Laugh Factory is like world famous. Robin Harris, not Robin, Robin Williams, Richard Pryor, all those people. Like, and then Chocolate Sundays when it started out, it had like people like Kevin Hart, Cat Williams, and all those type of people on it and stuff like that. And like celebrities used to come, like Ludacris, and people used to be in the background. They don't come too much anymore, but they used to come to this this show to see people, and um, it's always packed. So. This is the second time doing. The first time went good, but the second time went like amazing. So, I'm I'm doing this joke. I'm auditioning for it. So they only give me three minutes, and so I tell my wife, I say, "You need to come," and uh, she's like, "All right, I'm gonna be there." It starts at eight. She gets there like seven forty-five, and they're already sold out. Like she can't. So I had to sneak her in, and I like yeah, I set up at the balcony. It's packed wall to wall, full of people, and um. Man, I killed it, man. It was, it was so good. It felt so good to do that in front of all those people like that. It felt so good. And, like, the producer who books the show, her dad was with her. And then the, the door guy was telling me that her dad was, like, ranting and raving about about me and stuff like that. Like, you should put that guy back on. And, like, people were coming up to me after the show and shaking my hand and wanting to take pictures all for three minutes. And I was like, okay, all right. I even went to the after party after that. I'm like, oh, I'm staying out tonight. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that was a good moment. And then that happened. That actually happened in March. And then the following week, uh, COVID happened. So it's like, yeah. But um, that was a memorable moment because that show is pretty. And then it's also an urban show. It's a mixed crowd, but it's still like you know, it's really like urban. And like those are like some of the hardest rooms to do. When people like, they like, it's almost like Def Jam. It's not that bad, but it can be that bad. Like, I've seen people go up there and like, they don't boo you, but staring at you blank with the blank stare, that's that's almost worse because there's no reaction whatsoever. And like, and they want to laugh, like, but you got to bring it. You can't be corny. You just got to be like, I don't know. So just to go up there and just shut it down like that is. That was a memorable moment. So I'm still living on that a little bit. But. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Yeah. I'm a, I want to do this. So I always, I always reference you in any like <laughs> diversity. I'm serious. I'm going to tell you in a second. And you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Anytime okay. I'm doing any type of diversity inclusive workshops or trainings, I always reference you, but I butcher your joke, right? <laughs> The one about when you're traveling through Alabama and... <laughs> you know, I don't even tell that joke anymore. Because... <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I butcher it every time, but I reference it every single diversity inclusive training that I that I do or I lead or I'm a part of. I uh, always find a way to, to include that joke. And oh, I appreciate that, man. I don't... I don't but, I butcher it because I don't tell it like you do, but people understand and they laugh so hard at it. And I'm like, it ain't my joke. I ain't even telling it the right way. <laughs> funny. 
Wait, I want to hear the joke. What? Heard- you haven't heard it? No. We ain't. We remember we said we weren't gonna ask him to do it. No, I'll tell it. I'll tell it because I don't tell that joke. <laughs> you don't tell that one. No okay, more? Okay, you tell it. So he don't butcher it. Maybe I'm, he can I, learn it. I totally. I'm talking about. I butcher it, but I always reference it, and people think it's the most funny thing. I haven't heard it. Really. Way. I always like sneak I, it in. It's I guess I told it so much that now I hear it, I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm not doing that one anymore. <laughs> think about this, it. though. When you're doing like some type of diversity training or workshop. No, and, I can see how it works, though. You no, know, it worked for me. I'm like, yeah, I got the attention. I got him. I'm like, appreciate you, EL. Like, I mean, I got a joke now that's kind of similar to that. That's way better than that one, too. Okay, let's do the better one, then. <laughs> what? <It's not> that- <laughs> it's he way needs better material than that, that you can steal from me. <clears throat> what? And I kind of adapted it to right now. So I say, um... Anybody still working? Anybody out there still have a job? And I was like, man, it's crazy because I, I just lost my job, right? I lost my job. And the crazy thing about it is that I got a promotion. And my boss, he wanted to celebrate. And he wanted to take us to this place. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called, like, Soup Plantation. I'm like, nah, I'm not getting out of the car. Soup Plantation? I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with the word plantation. Like, this shirt is cotton-free. Like, I don't want anything to do like established 1865 really nah i'm good like what is they they don't give you your like there's no birthday song they give you your freedom like i don't want soup plantation and he's like man stop tripping man stop tripping they got so many different soups you can pick from i like pick pick <laughs> not picking anything <laughs> stays over with dude and he's like oh, man forget that man well just go to go to cracker barrel like cracker barrel crack crack you ever like you are walking to a Cracker Barrel, you look around, you'd be like, yep, this is where racism was created, right here in this store. <laughs> With that 1920s candy, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Even the wood, you're walking on the wood floor, and it's like, like, the wood races, too? Like, what? So, yeah, that's, that's been replaced. Oh, man. Oh, that's good. So, all right. I ain't gonna bother that one. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna <laughs> I'm gonna just stick with what I know. Just stick with the one. Yeah, you, yeah. You use it. I'm not gonna bother that one. Let me. I got it. We got to get our composure right back. Come on now. We we gotta be professionals. You know what I'm saying? We do recording. I'm professional. <laughs> nah, I know, that's right. I'm not gonna bother that. One. I'm gonna stick with the other one. I like. I like the way that I present the other one. That's the other one. Right. I well, feel now like, you got to tell how you present. No, the delivery that he just did. I don't. I don't. I, I got to work on my delivery if I'm gonna do that one. The other one, I can fumble through it a little bit and they'll still get it. Like at the end, <laughs> you know, cause I skip a whole bunch, not on purpose, but I just I don't, you know. But uh, you you ain't never heard me tell a joke about no. about the about driving through Alabama. I thought that was a real story. <laughs> <laughs> it could be that's, that's <laughs> you know yeah I, yeah I don't do that with him you know that, that people moan something they they moan at that last part I got a couple of moans at that so I'm like yeah, all right all right, I, all right. I, mean, I can say it I'm black I can say it but they still moan and I'm like all right whatever <laughs> for everybody listening when you get a chance go check it out I promise you you won't be disappointed. We got it in our show notes and we also have it shared in our newsletter. So whenever you get a chance, go check it out so you can see what we're talking about and get a good laugh too. Uh, comedy comedy is what people don't realize is that comedy is offensive though. All comedy is offensive. You're making fun of something. You're making you fun of yourself, the world outside world, your family. You're making fun. And it's not only it only is funny when you get to that line, but you don't cross the line. You just get really close. You know, sometimes people go over the line, but it's not intentional. You know, like, the goal is to make it funny. So I try to, when I say a joke, I try to keep it really universal, and I try to be, I don't want to offend anybody because people are paying money, but it's kind of hard not to, but I kind of, like, try to, if I could say it and it still be funny and I can change it around, I'd rather do that because um, I have another joke, I say, <laughs> where... Oh man, I don't know. Do you guys want to hear it or no? Yes. Hey, bring it. <laughs> I'm at the comedy club and I'm like, oh my God. I said, man, I just came out the restroom and I was like, I'm so glad they don't have that guy in this restroom. You know that guy who's like, when you go to the club in the restroom, who's like handing you paper towels, trying to Scotty Pippen you with the paper towels? Like, I'm Michael Jordan with the pen, dude. I've been peeing successfully for 30 years. I don't need an assist with this. Like, what are you, what are you doing? And then I'm like, ladies, no, I'm going to show you how I changed it up, though. But I'm like, ladies, I don't know if you know this, 
But in that bathroom, he has all these things on the counter to try to help guys get with girls, right? Like he has breath mints, he has dental floss, duct tape, condoms, chloroform, rope. Like, it's like, no, nah, I don't want your. <laughs> I said, I don't want your Bill Cosby sleepy time kit. I'm good. Like, what? Are you... That's what I say now. I used to say, I don't want your your rape kit. And then one one time, somebody came up to me like, yeah. That joke was funny and stuff, but like, like the part, like you said, like Ray, that like really wasn't cool. Out, like, that wasn't cool. And I'm like, okay, all right. So now I changed it up a little bit. But Cosby, <laughs> but I like. I'm nobody wants your Bill Cosby sleepy time kit. And then I say, you know what he does that I hate the most though? He puts a um, he puts a tip jar in the middle, right? And then he puts a twenty dollar bill in the tip jar, right? He wants me to think that somebody came in here. Use the restroom and tipped him $20. And I'm like, dude, if I give you $20, you need to wipe me or shake me off. I'm not giving you no whole 20. Like, now you can assist, but I pass you the ball. Literally, not as playing. But, um, oh, my God. <laughs> Did you see how he just slipped that in there? Yeah. Like I told you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> But man, yeah, that's that's one I say. I, I changed it up. But yeah, so look, look, man, I got a I got a question. And mm. this this ain't this ain't a joke. This is a serious question. So anyway, right. we, we're doing this after the presidential debate for anybody that's listening in mm-hmm. 2020 the presidential debate. I saw your your post on social media too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which one? I posted a couple. Go the the, the one. Hold on. We'll tell everybody how to follow, and we're gonna do that definitely. Oh yeah, okay. But I saw your post on social media about the 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 Proud Boys. What did I say? Uh, I about you, about you, talking about you was flying in your stomach. Said, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, stand back and stand. Out. Yeah, if y'all want to see it, uh, we're gonna tell y'all how to follow up after this. Go follow me. You can see what I'm talking about. But I do have a question. So it, it kind of This is a listener. This is a yeah. listener question. Yeah. Okay. How do you balance your jokes with the heaviness and seriousness of the current issues going on and still be funny yet hopeful and not too offensive? <clears throat> so it's um, a good question. You got to live in your truth. So you got to be who you are and who you are and then someone who who you are might offend people and that's that's okay and everybody everybody's not gonna like you everybody's not gonna think that you're funny or everybody's not gonna think that that because all the comedy is offensive to start off with so somebody somewhere will probably most likely be offended so i look at it like that like they killed jesus so who are you like you know what i'm saying like nobody's gonna like come on people are not, everybody's not gonna like you but you just gotta live in your truth and just be who you are and just tell it tell it how you see it like you know richard Pryor had jokes about police brutality red fox had jokes about police brutality you know richard Pryor had jokes about him lighting himself on fire you know that's tragic but when you come from a place of experience people can't say it's not fat you get what i'm saying you can have your opinions and stuff like that but when somebody said i experienced this so this happened to me and so with the current climate it's just that that's always kind of like been the case <laughs> always been happening. It's just now people have cameras and people have, you know, video, they can, they can record and they can put it up and stuff like that. But, you know, if you're traveling and living life, you already, you already know these things. You already seen, I mean, 92, that video of Rodney King that happened in 1992, you know, some random guy had a video camera, but if they didn't have a video camera, he would have just got beat up. He wouldn't have gotten the money and he would have told his story and it would just would have like infected like society and a story would have been passed down and passed down and passed down. I mean, we all heard those type of stories. So the climate is always going to be there. It's just now everybody sees it. So you can't, and then people still want to laugh. So if people come to a comedy show, they want to laugh and have a good time. You don't want to be offensive. Um, I try to stay away from the political stuff just because the, the sometimes it's too easy, you um, know. It's such it's a just easy too easy. Target. It's like, and then why do it if it's that easy? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like low picking fruit. It's like, and then when you do it, also if you're trying to be in comedy, it it just helps to be different. 
So if you go in there and you just say you got a Trump joke and 20 other people got a Trump joke, then you're just, you know, you're just kind of blended in. And then bookers, they don't, they don't want to hear that. <laughs> they don't want to hear like the same jokes about, you know, Trump or Uber or Tinder, you know, all those type of things. Like we heard them like, so I just try to set myself apart and just, just be different in the society, but also speak my, who I am and what my experiences are and just come from my truth. And, you know, so. I'm like, you have so much material if you do Trump. Yeah. You know, he has, this is the thing with Donald Trump. People, some people love him, love him, like, <laughs> uh, like love him. Like, they do. It's crazy. And if you say anything, like, and some of those people are just in, in at comedy shows, you don't even know until you say something, and you can like quickly like divide a room, and and then you got people blurting out things. So this is best to honestly just stay away from Donald Trump, like his stuff. And then it also it's kind of. It's kind of easy too when he says certain things. You just look at his Twitter and like just go off that, and it's just—it's true. He's brought like America like up here. Like when he leaves, like everybody's gonna have gray hair. Everybody's gonna look like they did a they did a, they did four terms. <laughs> It's true. That's what I'm like. I'm thirty six. He be stressing everybody. Yeah, yeah. He and it's gonna be funny because once he's he's over and done with, whoever is like president after him, it's just gonna go back to being regular politics <laughs> and like people. It's not gonna be any more Twitter and none of this craziness. It's just gonna be like gonna like dial it bite down to like regular. I have a theory. Yeah. I think he's going to get reelected because Americans and the media specifically love the drama. They love the rhetoric. There's man. no, yeah. if he's not in office, it's like a uh, yeah, boring it's be boring. news cycle. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, I think he is too. Because, I mean, people don't love, I mean, people like Joe Biden, but nobody's flying a Joe Biden flag and willing to fight you over Joe Biden and, and, and you know, go all crazy over Joe Biden. Nobody's going to wear a Joe Biden hat and walk into Walmart with no mask. You get what I'm saying? Like, they're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. But people would do that for him in a heartbeat. They'll put themselves and their life in risk. And I'm like, I don't like anybody that much. Like, I I couldn't, and I try to take my mindset there. Like, that's how I write jokes. Like, I try to look at the whole picture. And I was like, if Obama really did all that, would I really still be like, Obama? Like, no, I wouldn't. Like, no, what? Is, and he's he lies a lot, <laughs> not even a little bit. He just a lot. And I knew a guy who act like oh my god, I knew a guy who act just like him, and it drives me crazy because that guy was just so full of shit. That guy. You know, Trump is one thing, but I'm like, even with his followers, his followers you man, have they, so much material. They die hard, man. <laughs> they die with hard. his followers, I'll watch like. It might be Trevor now. It's a daily show. I don't know. Like, they'll send somebody out to, like, interview the people. Yeah. <laughs> and I live for those videos because I'm like, this is hilarious. Like, I don't know so... why Yeah, like, why are they – it's like, oh, my gosh. And then he just – he's an opportunist more than anything. Yeah. People like to say, I like, don't care about oh, you. <laughs> he's, a, he's a racist. I'm like – yeah. Yeah, sometimes like he's not really great. Like he, he doesn't care. like he has Ben Carson. He has Omarosa. He does. He doesn't dislike. Now, if you portray yourself to be better than him or something like that, then he probably has a problem with you, like he has with Obama because because of that. Because Obama seems to be better, and then Obama, you know, roast him at that that dinner at that time. So, yeah. <laughs> roast him. boy, you know, he, so they still show that picture of him. You can tell he's human. I told my wife, I said, when he got in the car, you know he let loose with that N-word. Like, he just went off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to show this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Seth Meyers talked about him bad, too. And he's like, yeah. So I think he's more of an opportunity. He knows those type of people will vote for him if he says certain things. And then that's why he says it. Because if he can get the majority of, like, let's say, for instance, for example, if he was looking for, like, all the black folk, I, I wouldn't put it past him to say things that black people wanted to hear so people would vote for him. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, he'll be on the side of Black Lives Matters if he knew that would help him win. So that's why, I like, 
I don't see why people can't see through that. Like, well, yeah. he's not even he's not even really one of you. He's just using you to like rile you up and get you to vote for him. Well, I'm like, I don't understand why people don't see this because he has never been in anybody else's shoes in America ever. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been in obviously like a black American shoes. He hasn't yeah. been in like a white American Four. shoes. He hasn't been in anybody's shoes because yeah. he's had so much money. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like he can do what he wants to do. There's no consequence. And that's part of the problem why he acts the way he acts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He and there's the- no consequences. Uh, yeah, he never had to face any type of consequence whatsoever. And he used to be a Democrat. So you know he's really not but he's just no, saying no, no. Yeah, he, yeah, he's just saying what people want to hear certain people want to hear, so they'll vote for him. But he never had to answer anything. That's why you heard that 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 Hollywood access tape. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, that stuff gets me crazy because they try to like they try to play this mind game with you. Like, oh, this is locker room talk. He's not a bad guy. I'm like, whatever. If Obama said something like that, they would have found a way to ship Obama to Africa and then 10 other black people didn't even know him would have went. They would have just found a way to get him rid of him. Yeah. But yeah. Donald Trump can say, like, oh, it's just, it's just locker room. Locker room talk. <laughs> I heard, um, I'm, him. I'm like, it's not even, it's literally everything he says is to get his base excited. That's yeah. all. He doesn't even believe everything he says. Like, he's no. friends with the Clintons. Like, he was a Democrat not that long ago, literally, like, eight years ago. Like, it exactly. Just, he doesn't care about anything except himself. Mm. I was like, everything he says, he does to get his base excited or because he knows that's what they want to hear, and that's what's going to get re- him reelected. He that's doesn't true. care about... Well, he might care about white supremacists, but he doesn't care about white supremacist groups. Like, I don't think he does. No, I don't think. No, he, I don't think he like, says. I don't it. care about you. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too because they 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 go hard for him, man. And it's yeah. like when he then denounce it on on TV, <laughs> that stand down and stand back. That was the funniest thing. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And they're like, <gasps> and he's like, I'm just, I don't even care about you. <laughs> I mean, he know, like you said, his people, and he know the numbers. And he knew by doing that, he keep them on his side for when it's time to vote. Them Second Amendment people, the white supremacists, the pe- like he know Ooh. like they run. Yeah. They got a large following, man. And he like, I know I got they it. Do. Good with that. Yeah, that's why he, he caters because it's a large amount of people and they make up a lot of numbers. And you can tell they make up a lot of numbers. I was telling somebody the other day, like when that thing happened in Las Vegas, when that dude killed 56 people in Las Vegas at a country music concert, nevertheless. Mm-hmm. i like, all right, surely they're going to do something about these guns. And they did absolutely nothing. And I was like, if they didn't do anything about that, what do you think they won't care, they care about you? No, no. <laughs> if they didn't even stop that from happening. A country music again. concert. At a country music concert, they let that go through? I'm like, I'm going to stay inside. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's already like, you know, I already let you know right there. Like, this is America because you're not going to stop people from owning guns in America. That's just not going to happen. But you don't need no AK-47 with 300 rounds. Like, you're not Scarface. It's not, it's not no mercenaries outside your house. Like, really? If you, unless you are, if you Scarface, you got cocaine, then maybe. But if you, <laughs> if you work at Trader Joe's, you don't need an AK-47. Like, you don't need it. Nobody wants your discount, buddy. Like, you don't, you don't need it. But, I don't know. America plays this weird game with people. Like, I have more respect for people who fly like the Confederate clad and has the pickup truck with the gun rack in the back. Cause at least he lets me know who he yeah. is. <laughs> like, he lets me know. I don't need to have a conversation with him. I don't need to be around him. It's the people who like shake your hand and smile, <laughs> and then they turn around and just stab you, like yep. right in the back. Those are the worst people. Just be who you are if that's yeah. what you want to be. But that sneaky stuff that, like, what are you, it's like the Twilight Zone. Like, oh, what, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? What is that? I don't know why I didn't hire Tyrone. Like, I don't like, <laughs> know. Let's stop it. So it's, it's just, that's the people I don't, I don't. But yeah, because you're not going to change everybody's mind. No. All you can do is just be the best version of yourself and just treat people how you personally want to be treated and just, Go from there. I tell people all the time, everybody's not going to heaven. So I don't know why you're trying. <laughs> like, and everybody went to heaven, it'll be too much traffic anyway. It didn't want to be heaven. So who, like, who would want to? 
I don't know. And in heaven, I don't know, man. Maybe they serve like CBD oil and white claw. I don't know. I need hard liquor and stuff. <laughs> All you guys got is white claw? Really? That's nothing else? All right. No IPAs? All right. <laughs> I got to um, drink like eight of those. No. Okay. Uh, so, oh, that's <laughs> that's my that's my <laughs> that's my two cents. <laughs> if more people like mind their business, this world would probably be like a, just a whole better place. Just treat people how you want to be treated, and just literally mind your business. If nobody's like hindering you for living your life to the fullest, you shouldn't care what they do with theirs. That's how I feel. Mm. Oh man, that's. Yeah. That was like that was advice good. for 2020. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring it back full circle. And for our listeners and anybody that's thinking about maybe pursuing something that they've been interested in um, or like just had this wild dream that they wanted to do, because you said you did it. Yeah. Um, but they're they're afraid or they don't know how to do it or or they just... Um, just might be insecure about what it is that they are interested in or dreaming of or want to do. Like, what would be your advice to them having, like you said, just kind of cut ties and went after what you're doing right now? Um, it's, I want to say it's a good time too, because everything with the internet and just being everybody being accessible, you just have to put yourself around like-minded people and kind of like, once you do that, and you put yourself around those type of people, they kind of like pour into you and it makes you want to go and do things. If you're stuck or you live in like, I don't know, a town of population 300 and that's all you see and that's all you do, that's just how you're going to think. You're not going to want, you're going to live in that comfortable small town and you just, you probably want to do something, but then you're going to start thinking about it. And you're going to see things on TV that influence you and you'd be like, oh my God, how can I move here? It's going to be 10 times hard. I'm just okay at it, you know, but it's, you just have to do it. You just have to like find it within you just to do it. When I moved out, I went out to LA, but when I first started like getting into comedy, I would watch stuff like, I don't know, BT Comic View and like see all these different comedians and Def Jam and there's so many comedians and they're from here and there and they're so funny. And I'm like, oh, I was like, man, I can't, I can't compete with them. I'm like, they're already there and they're already doing it. Ah, there's too many. It's, what? It's a lot of black guys. Like, oh my gosh, I can't get into this. Like, <laughs> I was trying to be the only one. It's like twenty of them. <laughs> but <laughs> this is going to be hard. But I used to look at that and get intimidated because they were funny. But uh, you just got to be who you are. Just go, go and do it, man. If you put yourself around people who are constantly doing things and constantly moving in those directions, you can't help but butt move. So if you want to be a comedian, if you want to start a business, you got to put yourself around the same people that's doing doing those things and ask them questions and just reach out. And with social media, you'd be surprised how many people respond back if you just ask them, like, how did you do this? Or how did you do that? Or do you have like a training? Or do you talk about this? Do you have a podcast about this? A lot. You can just listen to someone's podcast or listen to someone's book and kind of get that can be your outside. It could be your influence right there to make you say, no, I want to do that. And then also I look at it like this, like you can live and do anything you want in this country because it's a McDonald's somewhere, right? Somebody works at McDonald's. If they're able to survive in whatever city, surely you can figure out how to live in that city too. You'd be like, San Francisco, one barrel, 2,500? They got a McDonald's. Somebody, <laughs> somebody, somebody's making $7 and <laughs> they're still there. So like you can figure it out. So, uh, all right, let's do this for the people. Hey, where can they find you? How can they look you up? How can they follow you? How Give can them, they watch you? How can they watch you? Give Listen. them everything right now. And we'll also post this <laughs> as okay. well so that they can just see it and, and copy it and paste it in. Okay. Uh, well, EL Smith Comedy. So that's everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, website, EL Smith Comedy dot com and it's got some videos up there youtube eos mccombie <laughs> it's a pattern um and i got a 30 minute um special thing i did on amazon um you look up el smith it should come up for that too as well and uh i'm mostly on active on instagram i'm on facebook and twitter sometimes but mostly instagram 
So yeah, just look it up, man, and hit me up. <laughs> Tell me you saw me somewhere. I add you, and I'll follow you. I won't be one of those people you follow me. I don't follow you back unless you well, you only got like three followers and you following two thousand people. Then I'm not following. You. So, but if you if you look halfway real, and I'll follow you back. <laughs> That's what's up. Well, before we go, hey man, if your daughter ever in the store, um, and she <laughs> and she just taking beats headphones or something like that you know what i'm saying hook your boy up. <laughs> if the people who listen don't know what i'm talking about go look them up go research them and find out what i'm talking about if she ever in the store uh, <laughs> taking anything just hook your boy up you know what i'm saying <laughs> i don't think i tell that one anymore either <laughs> Look at that, man. I guess I'm I guess I'm so outdated, man. You I got get, the old joke. I got the old joke, but this was the one like that. I like I you know what for you, EL, like I grew up like you know with you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> old jokes. I got the old jokes, you know? Those are the old ones. Those are the old ones. But no, no, no. Yeah, she's like 10 now, so kind of hard to tell it, but <laughs> well, you got anything else, man? That's it. I am excited that you got to stop by i think that it's just really cool to like see everything that you're doing and see everything you're accomplishing Mm -hmm. and we're grateful that you came on to just tell a couple jokes that you didn't expect to tell (laughs) and to just give us your journey it's just been really cool to hear it and get to know you a little bit better and for our audience i think that you were able to be very motivational and inspirational and so thank you so much for taking the time we appreciate you uh, all right. Well, until the next time, we out. All right. Peace. Bye. All right. See you guys. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on any podcast platform and make sure that you rate us. Also, we do have a YouTube channel if you prefer to watch our antics, and we also provide closed captioning. And if you want to know more about us, go check us out on our website at successinblackandwhite.com, or you can reach out to us directly on social media. My social media handle is I am Daryl Lovett on all platforms. And mine is April Dawn Lovett on all platforms.